It is Sunday, June 6th. Thank you for letting us take a week off of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. I believe this is the first uh, week that we've missed in a really long time. I Probably the new year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, we've been on a good streak here. No, I was down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, Bloom had a lot going on. Wife's been out of town a little bit. So uh, we're back here on the 6th of June. And as always, we are presented... By our friends at Mechdyne. You can learn more at mechdyne.com. I uh, I'm in love with this company. I tell you about it every week. And I would encourage you all to go to mechdyne.com and go to the careers tab. It's a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. That is their exact description of the website. Go to mechdyne.com to learn more. It's not you don't have to be uh, an engineer to work here. They are Located in Marshalltown, Iowa, they love Iowa Staters. Maybe you're in IT, uh, human resources. They got all all sorts of jobs. Check them out. Go to mechdiam.com today, and they are a proud supporter of Cyclone Fanatic, the Williamson Bloom Podcast, and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We're going to talk about UNLV gouging. Unbelievable. Iowa's unbelievable what they're doing in Vegas. That's next after a little English. Yeah. We had a guy tweet at us the other day. He was at an English concert. He was pretty fired up about it. That uh, art festival coming up this month. Yep. How are you doing, Blue? I'm all right. Sun is out. Yeah, we uh, enjoyed a little a little barbecue before. Little we came barbecue. On. Yeah, right. we we um, Iowa pork. Smoked a little Iowa pork prior to the podcast. We're recording a little earlier than normal, which is nice. Um, really, a slow time of news for. Iowa State stuff, which is good. There were football camps last weekend. Some offers were handed out, but nothing really earth-shattering. Um, really, this is a dead time of year, and that's a good thing. Uh, I will have a Legends podcast coming up this week. I'm going to go and sit down with Steve Malchow, the longtime right-hand man to Jamie Pollard, who it was announced last month is retiring effective June 30th. I would love to get his insight on his involvement in the coaching searches because it was a very small circle that Jamie yes. talked to. In fact, it might have been like three people total. Steve was one of them from the this way back. This is his right-hand man. Yeah, like like literally. From day one. And they, they worked with each other at Wisconsin. Steve was very integral in that whole athletic department and a reason why Iowa State has grown in so many ways, but he hasn't done it publicly. He's not a very no. public-facing guy. I think that'll be fascinating. Yeah, he um, really good, really good human. Uh, I appreciate him and and everything that he's done. But I'm going to be going to his office cool. on I think Wednesday morning to sit down and do the uh, our first Souk Up Legends podcast. He's a legend, no doubt. I mean, he's not a guy a lot of people have heard of, but I think you're going to get some amazing insight into the athletic department. When Jamie was hired, so this is fall of 2005, his, I think, first major move was getting Malchel from Wisconsin with him. And so Steve's been here the entire ride. And it's no, it's no 
coincidence that Iowa State has grown marketing and media-wise as well with Steve at the helm. Very strategic, forward-thinking guy. And, you know, Jamie's really good at that too. But uh, Steve's been right there to, to help. Looking forward to that coming up. Um, the preseason magazines are out. Well, Athlon is, at least. I picked mine up over the weekend. I, I do have something I want to bring up later in the podcast. This I just what uh, enlightened me here. Okay. So, Iowa State, because we haven't talked in two weeks. Yeah. Iowa State announced, Jamie announced 10 days ago, that Iowa State's likely going to set a season ticket record. I think it was over 47,000. Yeah, the number... They were at now, was it like 46-something? Yeah. So I'd love to get in the details. I think, in my opinion, hot take, Iowa State is on the verge in the next couple of years of passing Iowa for season tickets. Hmm. And that is quite the progress from 20 years ago, and I'll explain. Okay. Do you want to just do that yeah, now, well, or do you want so, to start with Vegas? I, I mean, let's start with Vegas, okay. and then we'll get into the just, Iowa situation. Because I th- Don't forget the, that. No, the Iowa the Iowa's a longer conversation. What has Iowa State done in the last yeah, 15 years? I think it's more Iowa State growth than anything. Yeah, I mean, nothing. Yeah. Not, uh, Iowa hasn't dropped, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. I mean, they have dropped a little bit. Um, again, variety of reasons. Modern landscape of football, people would rather watch at home. But Iowa State's growth, specifically in season tickets, in the last... 15 years has been incredible. And again, go back to Jamie and Malcho. I think they have a big reason why. Interesting. Yeah, well, we're going to tackle all that. I, I want to do like the tailgate tour. I think that was a really big deal. And just um, Malchow's just view of everything. He He's fascinating. I've leaned on him a lot throughout my career. His dad was a sports editor, I believe, at like a newspaper. He's got a long mm-hmm. media background. He was Long Kruger's. Right hand man, or his wife was, I think. I think okay. his wife was Long Kruger's SID. And she she's a long time SID. Steve was. Um, he worked on the Wisconsin. PGA Tour for a bit. Too, yep, he worked you? on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, he worked with Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. He worked with Hayden Fry at Iowa. Like yep. this guy's been. Look forward to that. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna geek out. I'm. I. I can't wait. Um, real quick before uh, we do that, I want to thank our friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center for sponsoring tonight's podcast. As always, you had a good Iowa Clinic moment with your wife. Yeah, <laughs> this weekend. Tell uh, them. I mean, I mean, this is they big time. Bailed us out, and well, bailed her out. Me in smaller regards. So, long story short, my wife is has this consulting company. So one of those multi-level marketing things. So anyway, she won a trip to Jamaica because. Yeah. Uh, she had a good year in the, the sales thing. Well, her flight uh, flight to Jamaica got canceled this morning, and Jamaica requires a negative COVID test. So my wife got a COVID test Thursday, um, found out, you know, it's now three days later by the time she's going to get there tomorrow, so she had to get a new COVID test. Sunday, not many opportunities to go to a Walgreens or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, call up our friends at the Iowa Clinic. They said, come right in. That's great. We can do that. We'll take care of you. 30 minutes later, negative test, and she can uh, yeah, rest awesome. peacefully. That's awesome. Uh, that's what we're always trying to tell you. Check them out at iowaclinic.com. You can do a lot of that stuff online as well. All right. Um, we're actually talking with our wives tonight about the ticket situation for Iowa State fans in the UNLV game in September. want to preface this conversation by we don't know everything here. We do not. So, I mean, if you're strictly listening to us for, like, advice on how to buy a ticket – 
Just know that ahead of time. We have thought a lot about this. We're taking it, a charter flight. It, is, it involves us specifically. We're, yeah. we're here, too, yeah. in the same issues. In the exact same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, Brent, to make a long story short, it's a brutal situation right now if you're an Iowa State fan trying to get a ticket to this game. As of now, Vegas has not opened up, like, full capacity. No. And we're they just kind of waiting on that. So, like, you've got a couple of options. To get a ticket, you can buy, like, UNLV season, season tickets, tickets. Yep. which are, what, 180 bucks, 180 bucks or so. Or, and they're making a lot of money off of Iowa State fans with this, or through the Iowa State allotment, which is basically for the really high-end donors. Well, Iowa State gets... 4,200 tickets in the Iowa Which, State when you section. consider how many people are going to be going to this game, that's not much. Yeah, I mean, I I think there very realistically could be 30,000 Iowa that, State That's fans. the number I had I, over the weekend. And so when you get 4,200 from the Iowa State section, meaning these are the tickets Iowa State can sell that UNLV gives them, uh, you you the, the number of eligible people, the, the line has to be drawn somewhere. If you're just a... Average Joe that doesn't donate to the Cyclone Club, odds are you're not getting a ticket through Iowa State. So they, Iowa State finally, and I know the people in the ticket office at Iowa State have been very frustrated by UNLV's purposeful inaction. Okay, we can get into the reasons why UNLV is being purposely Is it Otzelberger? No, I just think I just think it's <laughs> honestly it's just driving revenue, right? I mean, yeah, I mean at they, the end of the day, Iowa State did the same thing 15 years ago with the Iowa game. How okay, many? I get it. Yeah, I mean, how many opportunities does UNLV football? have to host a top 10 program. That will bring 30,000 people to their stadium. Yeah. So they've got a couple things going in their favor. One, they have a new stadium, which is the Raiders, which is twice as big as the old one. And they don't open the full thing up. That's important for our casual listeners. They haven't yet. Now they're they, Yeah, right. So normally they don't. Normally it's just the lower bowl for their Mountain West games. Well, there's the demand is out of control. And I'm doing a hypothetical here. I'm guessing... UNLV realized about in February, like, oh man, we got a, we've got a good problem on our hands here. There's so much demand for this game, we've got to stall, and try and figure out how to maximize revenue here. And the way to maximize revenue, the number one thing, is a season ticket. And so they are waiting until they release single game tickets for individual games for their, their season until probably they probably won't do it until late July or August. Meaning they know these Iowa State fans are going to be freaking out that they need to secure tickets if they already have everything else in place. And so these Iowa State fans, I've got family that are part of this, have panicked and said, you know what, we'll just buy the season ticket. We'll spend $180 for the season knowing we're only going to use one game. Because right now, the lowest ticket on StubHub, pulling it up for like two tickets is 160 each. Okay. So you might, and that's for like two, you get two together. I, you, there's not much out there for mm-hmm. four, six, eight. And so these groups that need a lot together have just gone the route of we're going to buy this season ticket, we'll sell everything else, and maybe we'll get some of our money back. Probably not because the rest of the UNLV schedule is garbage. So finally, UNLV gave Iowa State its allotment. Iowa State gets 4,200 tickets. And so the breakdown is as follows Iowa State. 3,200 will go to Cyclone Club donors, 500 to the travel package, uh, 420 to student athletes, and 80 to support staff. So you got to draw the line somewhere. It means if you're a million dollar plus donor at Iowa State, not many of those, you get up to 12 tickets. 
at t- director's level, which is tw- 12,500 a, 12, a year, you get up to eight. Victory level is 5,000 a year, up to four. Captain's level is the same, it's 2,500 up to four. But it's a tiered system all the way down to gold level. You get up to four, and then the, the rest, you get up to two. I bet if you're a Cardinal States or Century level, there, there may not be tickets available for you. I'm just hypothetically. And the individual ticket price are $165 for the lower bowl, $120 in the 200 section. Point being, uh, so if you're one of those high-end owners that I mentioned, this week is when the tickets go on sale. So I would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your million-dollar million and director's level on the 9th, victory level on the 11th, and then the following week is when Captains, Gold, and Cardinal can potentially get some tickets. So if you're waiting on those, I would get those as soon as you can once they come open because with only roughly 3,200 tickets for the general public for Iowa State fans, uh, they're not going to last real long. So if you're, if you're again, if you're if at you, that level, yeah. I would grab them and then find friends to give them to, honestly. Yeah, that's, and, that's and the best way now, to do it. Now, the other part here is if you say, okay, well, then what do I do? Guys, I'm not a donor at that capacity, which I get it. Most aren't, and I don't want to buy a season ticket. But you're not, Bloom. I'm not. I'm not. I think UNLV is still playing the slow game here. They want you to panic. I'm guessing, and this is where I don't want to get people in trouble, but I'm guessing at some point they will have to open up more of that stadium. I would agree. And there will be more capacity for single-game tickets but it may not be until early August, and so you're kind of rolling the dice literally in Vegas. Now. They're not They're not just going to turn down 15,000 Iowa State fans that want to get in but can't. I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, the, the thought is, they're not. do they have enough help? I mean, that's my, my question is, do they have enough help to, you know, yeah. usher the upper part But if you're cashing stadium? in on that, like, couldn't you just hire people for I a game? I would think so. If you, and they're, they could still what charge. What about the Raiders people? Uh, right. You could still charge $100 a ticket, and Iowa State fans will gladly buy that right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That my mind hasn't really changed on this, and I, the email that Iowa State sent out, they were being careful. You could tell because they're they're doing what we're doing. They're they're trying to help people, but mm-hmm. they don't know everything at this mm-hmm. point, so they're trying to tiptoe around it. It was fairly cryptic. Cryptic. I thought that they thought there would be more tickets opened up. That that little thing at the end of it. Yeah, that was what I kind of read into that. But this is a. It's a weird situation. Hard to know. You're coming off the pandemic. You know, there's still everything locked. And then you have Iowa State fans that were so excited, like your like your family member you said, who just they don't want to like have to wait. They want to just know. Yeah, because they're spending it's taken care of a thousand plus dollars more than that on uh, flight and hotel. It's like the ticket. They just want to make sure the reason they're going is taken care of. Too. And there's another. Um, I didn't realize this. There's like a music festival there. Is there? In Vegas the same weekend. So it's I think it's the iHeart Festival. It's going to be. Oh. And somebody told me that over the that's weekend. That's a big deal. So, yeah, that that's what we know. Um, the UNLV thing is fascinating, though, just with the TJ, TJ stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean Iowa State already paid them X amount of million dollars for TJ. I don't know what the final tally was for the buyout, but they're – and they're get listen. Iowa State did the same thing with Iowa season tickets. In no, this is strategic. 05. Yeah, I mean, they, I get what they're doing. It's frustrating. They're capitalizing off of Iowa State being a top ten team yeah, too, and, and the and the size of the fan base. Yes. Like the, so I get so two sides. Tulane will do the same thing right. in two years. And or I understand that is. why Jamie scheduled this game because I mean, this is an awesome opportunity to go to Vegas, especially with what we just. New Orleans met. will be the same yep. way. But 
when you when you try to do a nice thing, you also have somebody else on the other side that's going to take advantage of that nice thing that you're trying to provide your fans. And you know what? For the rest of the games, UNLV will sell single-game tickets for like $20 a piece. If but, that. But they know yeah. Iowa State fans will buy it for 160 and so whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> what but, a crazy conversation yeah, to be having, but, though. But like, I think, it, honestly, you know, if, if you're one of those high-level donors, grab as many as you – well, and help it's hard out to some say. of I your not-rich friends. It, or, or, I don't know, I mean, but if you're at – you know, the $250 level, you want those two tickets you may be able to get, and if they're already gone, then you're kind of out of luck too. So it's a tough, tough deal. Yeah, it it really is. Did you pick up an Athlon? I haven't like yet. That? I need to do that. It is wild. Actually, I wish I would have brought it down here. It's up in my bedroom. I've been reading it at night before I go to sleep. Um, to look at the national, like, uh, unit rankings and stuff like that, or the Big 12 ones and where Iowa State sits, it's really fun. Like it's really really fun. I um I did have an interesting conversation, and, and he is a hawk fan. Uh, and I don't want to. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He's there, a there's some good ones. He's a good friend of mine, uh, Trent Condon. At least a few. Yeah, I, I think Trent is a very reasonable. Yeah, he's great. Person. I I love Trent. Very like, logical. I, I like his perspective. He is a class act, like a really good dude. I agree with that. Hit and he's smart. Like yep. he's a smart better. He is looking at it from ways to make money, not from his feelings. biggest yeah. bet when those lines came out was the under in Iowa State. Really? Which at I nine thought, and a half? Yeah, I mean, it, this was his theory. Okay. And I want to talk through this from right. an Iowa State perspective because I, I didn't have the time when Trent and I, we did this on my radio show, but we only had like a 15 minute segment. Okay. So it was not to the point where I could, we could really get into it and I could attempt to change his mind. Sure. His point was. I mean, he's going off of history. Okay. He's like, so, and I get this. I actually understand this. In order for them to hit the over, which I'm laying juice on, I yeah. have to have this team have the greatest season in the history of its and, program. And remind me, these totals, do they include bowl victories? No, these are just, just regular, regular, season. regular season only, and Iowa State's at nine and a half. What about, and does include the Big 12 championship no, either? this okay. is only regular yeah. okay. season. Okay. Um, in... So you have to have the best season ever. That was his greatest point. And then he had another one, and I hadn't thought about this enough. And this is something, Brent, that I vow to our listeners that I need to – we need to look into. Okay. We talk about Iowa State and the returning starters. Yes. 20 out of 22, right? Yep. That's a big – Big number. It's a big talking point. Trent's point, and this is is really good, is that Iowa State's not the only program in that type of position right now. Because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic. So I I think it's something just to look into. Again, I'm not, um, I'm still, I I would, I think Iowa State will go 10 and 2. I don't know how. They're 11 and 1 or 10 and 2. In my opinion, that's where it is. I think 9 and 3 with this group is is likely the floor. Um, 8 and 4 is the floor. Yeah, that's the extreme. Yeah, yeah. 9 and 3 would be. Below expectations, but around yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think we're but you're you, in that neighborhood. You see what his point is? Yeah, though. all it I, takes I, is a game. I thought it was really interesting, and I and I was glad because you and me sitting here both want Iowa State to win of every course, game. It's, yeah, it's interesting to talk from a guy like that who, albeit as an Iowa fan, he's not an Iowa State hater. There's a difference, and um, he was looking at it from that perspective. You know, it's interesting as you as we've gone through this progression of the Campbell era, you start to look at, uh, which is a healthy thing, is well, how good can Iowa State get to 
you know, what's the ceiling rather than the past is like, well, how many things can go wrong here? You know, how, how many times throughout the roads there were like, well, what, what's going to go wrong then? You know, what, what, it, the McCarney era. Yeah, the, same with the McCarney know, era. The Hoiberg era. And like, I, I mean, that's what we I, do. I literally think, and I think we're, we're there, I think last year really helped because you won a lot of those what could go wrong games. You won a lot of them, a lot of close ones. And so you think all of the positive things with this group, as you should, of okay, so many things ha- have gone right. Um, we're going to continue on this, this elevation. Um, but keep in mind, again, I, I listened, I think, to Trent's point here. Texas game comes down to a field goal. Okay. Yeah, look at last year. Yep. Uh, um, lost the Oklahoma State game. Baylor. Baylor game was way too close for comfort. And frankly, if we're being honest, Tech and uh, it, they killed Tech. Yep. Um, the Kansas State team w- was, that we got was riddled yep. with COVID. And then West Virginia was a blowout. They had a little bit of COVID issue too. So, and then you, you didn't play the Iowa game, right? So if you look at it, like okay, you still got to go ten and two here. There are Oklahoma is on the schedule on the road, and so that you know Vegas already has that as you know a uh, nine and a half ten point, point game. So yeah. That's an uphill climb. I think I was thinking win that game, but that's an uphill climb. So if you're looking at that, okay, say you're 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 you've already got one loss. You can only afford then one more the rest of the year. I understand it. Like if you're just looking at this objectively of the the totals nine and a half, a lot still has to go right for Iowa State. When you're in one possession games, two years ago Iowa State lost almost all of them. Last year it went in Iowa State's favor. They won most of those, with the uh, exception being the Oklahoma State game and then the Oklahoma game in the Big Twelve Championship. But the Oklahoma game and Jack Trice is another one could have easily gone the other way. So I. I understand it, but I'm still coming down to, I know all these teams have a lot of good players back, but other than Oklahoma, nobody has what Iowa State has coming back. And, well, I, and I still think Purdy was Purdy was good last year. I think he can raise his level again. We know Tariq Milton was hurt like Trevor Downing was hurt. So even though Iowa State has a lot of guys back, I think the ceiling is still much higher than even it was a, a year ago. Tariq Milton, that interesting you say him. I think he's like the one of the great wild cards of this upcoming team. Like it, it wasn't very long ago where they were saying he he's like the next like big pro yep. to to come out of this program, and he's been hurt. Yeah. Anyways, no, it's it's interesting. Have, yeah, I mean, there's I just a lot thought of time. it was good perspective. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I often like to bounce things off of people who I know don't think exactly well, like I do. And how many times has Camel said win in the margins? And again, you. Iowa State, towards the end of the year, K-State, West Virginia, not competitive games. I mean, clearly better. Was that K-State and West Virginia? Was that Iowa State, you know, elevating? We'll see. Um, I think Iowa State's good enough that these aren't one-possession games anymore, and you're beating these these good teams by two and three scores, which is progress. But if you get into one of those games, look at the Oklahoma State game two years ago. You enter that game, what, 11, 12-point favorite in Jack Trice Stadium, Purdy has a bad fourth quarter. Oklahoma State wins the game. Like, is Iowa State outside of that now? Are they are they good enough that they're not going to be in a game like that where it comes down to one possession? And if it does, the ball can bounce the other team's way. And I think that's where Trent's looking at. And I, I respect it. And you hope that Iowa State's far enough along here that they're even better, that these games don't come down to that. You're more like an Alabama or a Clemson or an Oklahoma where – you're 10, 14 points better, and you're not reliant on luck bouncing your way. The, the interesting thing, when, when I was reading Athlon, um, 
the position rankings. Iowa State's lowest position ranking was third in the conference, and it was the defensive line. Okay. Um, I, it was just whatever. I don't even know what that means. Oklahoma's um, really good defensive line. I'm sure they had West yeah, Virginia there too, uh, maybe Texas. My, I guess why I yeah. would – this is where I was going. I, I think the offensive line is going to be considerably better than most people regionally or nationally really can fathom. Yeah. And I'd really like to, you know, the Louisiana game, nobody wants to hear excuses, but it was a, it was a mess. You know, Matt Campbell came on the podcast yep. in January and talked us through, like, the COVID situation, all that. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, I would like – here's where I'm going. I would like to think, with this much experience, being as good up front as we think they are going to be on both sides of the football – elite linebackers, right? Like yeah. all, all this. Stuff. I don't think there's going to be that September slump from this program that we have seen in the past. Now, if I'm right and they avoid that, I think yeah. 10 and two is look, looking pretty likely. If you get out of September three, and zero in the non, yeah, because, because right. Three, and zero, and then the Baylor games, the first game, like that's one of those where if you're good, if you're as good as we think Iowa state can be, you take care of business down in Waco on whatever it is, the 25th. Yeah. Because they're they're sneaky, right? I mean, they're oh, they, they that's they, a scary game. It's a scary game. It's down there, coming off of Vegas. Yep. a lot of things There's... happening there, and I, I agree. You you get to October four and I think your ten win scenario looks way more likely, way more. In fact, you know, seventy five percent of that situation. If you're three and one, worst case two and two, it, you're yeah, in that's trouble. That's a bad spot. You're in trouble. That's yeah. a bad spot. You want to start four and um, and then, then it comes into the questions that we'll tackle as we get closer to the season. When it comes to the Big Twelve, you know, how's Texas? Yeah. yeah, you know, I personally the the two that I worry about, and this is just because I overthink everything. But Baylor and West Virginia, those are yeah. road games that I look at that I'm not comfortable with at this point. I think Dave Aranda is a pretty good coach. I really like Neil Brown. Weird places to play. Uh, I would say West Virginia is a hard place to play. I wouldn't say Waco is a hard place to play, but it's a weird place. It's a weird place to travel to. You, you know better. You know way better than me. Yeah. You stay like an hour away from the stadium. There's all this yep. stuff to deal with. Whatever. Yep. We'll go down the schedule and we'll, it's, we'll do it. It's all fun that. to talk about because it's uh, – I was doing the math. I love numbers. See, up. we are closer today. So when people listen to this, it's probably going to be Monday. We are closer today to the first football game than we are to the last – Men's basketball game. Boom. What I wanted to hear. 89 days. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Gravitate. Uh, I want to make sure I get their website right. GravitateCoworking.com. I don't know why I had a brain fart okay. right there. But I did get an email from our uh, friend Jeff Wood. You know, he he's he's coming on the Vegas trip. He's going to be there with us, so he probably took some took some notes. We are going to have a ribbon cutting in Jefferson coming up on Friday, the 11th of June. So that's coming this up week. this Friday yep. at noon in Jefferson. It's also the opening day of their Bell Tower Festival, which is apparently really cool. I've, I've never been to that, but I actually had somebody else reach out to me. Uh, Travis from Wild Rose Casino wanted me to bring the Cyclone Fanatic truck up for that. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town next weekend, but yeah, this is cool. They... I, I really like this. I love rural Iowa, uh, but Jeff and opening up really the first rural co-working space that we believe is probably in the state of Iowa. 
That is coming up. They're going to have deals on um, – they're going to have hard cider uh, deals, orchard hard cider on tap. Nice. Uh, the deal family is there from Jefferson, uh, and they're big Iowa State supporters. So shout out to them. This is open to the public. Yep. That's coming up. Um, they're also going to have their summer sale available $25 off per month for anyone who signs up at the new membership in June at Gravitate Coworking. So if you've been thinking about it, this is the time to do it. $25 off per month. Go to GravitateCoworking.com. My house has been a mess, but it's going to be worth it when it's all done, Bloom. I've told you about the... Uh, you saw I saw it. You saw the progress the from the, the renovations. Yeah. The wife and I we were looking at this housing market, and we're like, this is insane. I don't want to go and spend that type of money. So we decided to renovate some areas of our house. We've done it all at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Literally everything we've been able to buy there. So they've got the home anchors situation, right? So they don't technically have furniture right. when you go into Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. So I, I don't think a lot of people associate it with, did you know you can get tile? Did right. you know you can get a bathtub? Did you know that you can get a vanity? You can get all this stuff at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. And I'm going to be showing some photos and stuff as we go along. The only thing is there's, there's just, you know, a little bit of delays. Anything right now. Materials. To getting materials is difficult right now. So Nightmare. once it's done, I'm going to show you before and afters. But Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive, we've had a great relationship with them and Timmy Mullen, uh, the general manager for years. They're great supporters of what we do. And this is a great reminder to all of it. Flooring. So our entire flooring upstairs yep, was done by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. Um, carpet, any of that stuff. But the, we've completely renovating. Are both of our bathrooms, and I'm going to get, tell you guys about that along the way. Did you like it? Yeah, it looked, I mean, sharp, really yeah. sharp. Yeah, I, thought it, it, I thought it it uh, modernized. Your house isn't old, yeah. but it's got some of that you know mid 2000s trim going. Yeah, I thought I yeah. thought you did a nice well, job. Uh, Brian, uh, sales guy there at Nebraska Furniture Mart, helped us uh, pick all that out, and then uh, we hired Lifetime Construction, a good friend of mine here in Bondurant, to Very do cool. all the work. So. Uh, nfm.com at nfm tweets on Twitter. Okay, tell me about this season ticket situation. Yeah, and then so I want to do just a smidge on um, I got a bone to pick with uh, you hardcore golfers. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done now? You guys are – you've had a bad couple of weeks. It's been rough. Golf it's, guys I, have had a hard couple of weeks. People trying – the old guard. Can't modernize anything anymore. Um, So – Season tickets. Iowa State's going to sell over 47,000 football season tickets, which will be an Iowa State record. For reference, two years ago, so the last year where there was actually season ticket purchases, Iowa sold 47,822 in 2019. So to put that in perspective, so, I, so, so Iowa State's right on the, the doorstep then, right? Yeah. Like, they're close. Uh Put that in perspective, in 2006, so 15 years ago, so this is the first year Jamie Pollard was really around, Iowa sold 55,000 season tickets. Iowa State sold 30,000 season tickets. So think about that gap that has narrowed, Chris. Yeah. It was 25,000 25, gap 15 years ago. Now it's about 800. I don't know what Iowa's going to sell this year. Maybe they're going to exceed my expectations and go way over the 47,000 number they did two years ago. I doubt it. And I looked it up. The first they, they just don't have as much room to grow. Well, you know, they never did. Like they, 
So, I mean, so you get a couple arguments here. The first thing you'll hear They're is... They're like a value stock. Well... Iowa it, State's a growth it, stock. It, it is. So, I, and Iowa State's expanded the stadium, so that's a big reason why. Yeah. Okay, you've, you've increased the availability for season tickets. There was a lot of room to grow. And Iowa, your product's getting better. Iowa has, in fact, they don't like to openly share this, but when they did their renovations, they, they've done a bunch around... They Kinnick. decreased attendance, They de- right? decreased by yeah. 2,500 seats, yeah. okay? Um, so, again, if they had this huge demand for... Tickets, I'm guessing they wouldn't reduce their capacity. Just a uh, big thought there. Now, the season ticket price, that's the first thing you'll hear is, well, in Iowa State, you can get, you know, season tickets, a hamburger and a Coke for $40 or something. You know, they'll, they'll put that out. They're not that much different. Iowa season tickets are, on average, about 30 to $40 more expensive per season ticket. So that, that's that's a fact, okay? So mm-hmm. Iowa State is a little bit cheaper, and Iowa State also has the uh, the clone club. The little clone club that counts as season tickets, and they get, I don't know what the exact number is, that those are on average cheaper than the lowest for Iowa. However, Iowa State's right there, okay? And I've, I've shared on this podcast before, there are about 40,000 more Iowa State alumni currently in the state of Iowa than there are the University of Iowa alumni. Iowa State's enrollment has been larger for 10 years. The alumni base is now larger in the state, and... I think as Iowa State's had this success, we joke about the Tavern Hawks. Some of those will convert to Tavern Clones just based on the success. So I think if this continues and Camel's here for a while and, you know, Ference has been successful. Is, that a, is that a prediction? I Campbell's so. going to be yeah. here for... I, I, I just think, I mean, if you just look at the metrics, Iowa State has probably almost caught Iowa from a fan base perspective, at least a ticket-buying fan base. Now, we don't know about... You know, the socioeconomic status of Iowa State and Iowa fans, you can kind of make your own assumptions here. But I think Iowa State has really closed the gap. It's almost 50-50 now, especially in central Iowa. Yeah, that's And a- it's trending. It's trending now with Iowa State's success. If they continue to do this, there's no reason to think that Iowa State's not going to pass Iowa do you, just based on the alumni base. Do you have any data, like, for what you do with the uh, foundation – as far as like, would you say Polk County is now more Iowa State fans? The, there are more alums now in Polk County, okay. than Iowa. But fans. we don't have any way to like track just like fans. It's hard. It's but, impossible yeah. to know. Yeah. It's really. I mean, that's the that's the hard thing. It's like other I mean, than a your volunteer a poll. We certainly wouldn't have had the conversation ten years ago. Not at all. Yeah. No. I mean, that's the thing. Is like it's Iowa fans will be like, well, you're you're. You know, selecting data that well. Look at it. You went from twenty five thousand ticket difference to now it's a thousand. Like you can't ignore that. I would say it has caught, has made up ground, and again with the enrollment situation, I would say its enrollment has been larger for ten years now. It, they're the biggest driver, in my opinion, to being a fan is some connection with the school, and as your alumni base grows, your fan base will is too will too. So I would say it's in a good position. With that going forward, that said, they've done a really nice job over the years, which I think has actually helped enrollment, has been, you know, through the tailgate tour, through all the initiatives, being more fan-friendly than I, quite quite frankly, Iowa has See, been. See, and here's the key, and, and this is, I'll do a podcast with Pollard before the season. They can't lose that. Mm-mm. That Now that you're being It's a concern, success, yeah. I am concerned about yep. it, and yep. not that I've seen it, but like, I, what I don't want to see now that you're in the top ten is do what Iowa, Iowa did. Now, I don't – Be a fortress. Correct. I don't yeah. think that's the route Jamie wants to go. 
I do think, though, there's a constant temptation. And this comes back to this tennis player over the last um, Osaka. Yeah. Which was yes. very yes. controversial. Yep. For what I, for what it's worth, um, I, I spent a lot of time talking about this on my show. Um, the young woman clearly is depressed and, like, needs treat Like, heart goes with her. Um, if she didn't want to speak to the, they shouldn't have kicked her out. Like, uh, that, they shouldn't have just, like, threatened to kick her out. Sure. Like, there should have been a conversation that has been held. My biggest fear, and this is, and I'm looking out for fans. Fans, I don't, I don't think necessarily understand this on the surface level. We don't, as a fan, and I'll, I'll put myself in that category. Um, we don't want PR all the time. Yep. We don't want press releases. Uh, we don't. I'm a Vikings and a Bulls fan. I want to read uh, the Athletic or the SB Nation site or you know, the Minneapolis Star Tribune sure. or the Chicago. I don't want to read bulls.com, vikings.com, frankly, cyclones.com because it's just press releases. That's And that's they're serving their purpose, whatever. Yep. Um, what, I, what I don't want now is, oh, we're in the top 10. We don't have to give as much access. Now, they haven't, they haven't done that at all. Sure. I'm not insinuating to that. But I do think in 2021, there's a temptation. Well, I mean, we have... 40,000 Twitter followers. We can just push it out here, yeah. right? And I, to me, keeping that fan base engaged is important and getting Matt Campbell's face out there and getting Tom Manning's face, that to me, even though you're winning, is still wildly important, Brent, when we bring it back to season tickets and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, that may, oh, it's true. I mean, obviously it's always been kind of a blue-collar athletic program where they had to earn everything. Yes. And now that you've earned a lot, It'd be easy to say, okay, we've, we've gotten to the mountaintop. Now we can kind of isolate, just do the the the, the easy thing. And that's honestly, the, there's not much time for these football coaches, specifically Matt. Like I, I understand where he's like, listen, I've got a t- top ten program. I just need to worry about yeah winning rather Which, than the this other stuff. However, there's a reason why. Iowa State grew over those years, and it wasn't necessarily just because of wins. Now it helped. Okay, the last five years has certainly helped. But you know who had the biggest driver for Iowa State's fan base growth? Paul Rhodes. Paul Rhodes. Yeah, and it was because everybody loved yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's yeah. something there of connecting That was to, the biggest jump, now, right? I, yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest jump was from six to 06 to 07 when Gene Chizik came on board, when they did the whole, you know, we're finally going to be a big name after program. they let go of Mac and right. you know, so that was the big driver. Like if we want to play with the big boys and have a guy like Gene, Gene Sizzik was a great hire at the time, by the way. Okay. So he was one that. of the most sought after yeah. guys in college football. That was the biggest jump, but Paul really drove a lot of that uh, connection. And then plus the atmosphere got so good Yeah, during the roads era. They did a nice job marketing. I mean, tailgating setup has always been great. So I think it's, it's a great point because I think the easy, the natural thing is, okay, We've gotten now to this point. Yeah. We're in the top 10. We don't need to worry about the difficult things to build it, which would be, you know, the, all the, the, the fan-centric things. And just worry about if we win enough, people will come, which is true. But if you have a down year, if you're still doing the little things, people will still come. And I think that's what Iowa State is still focusing on and will continue to do so. Yeah, and again, I just want to reiterate. I'm not seeing like a no, but signs of I, this, but I you see it in sports all the time. Completely. And that's what happened to Iowa. Yeah. They had that top they, 10 season. And then and they, they built a wall up. Yeah. And I mean, I Kirk's, just, and Kirk's not the most, you know, and they've torn guy. it down and since. They, they've done a nice, well, yeah. I mean, they've, he's been way more open in the last couple of years. Yeah. I think 
it's an indirect relation to the growth of Iowa State where they say, oh, I you know, Iowa State's going to keep eating our fan base unless we're a little more open PR-wise. And, and frankly, too, the, the racial thing, like, he couldn't go and yeah, hide in his hide. office no. After all that yeah, it, happened, but I, in, an in their defense, issue. I thought they started opening it up prior to that. Yeah, I just it's it's a great point, and I I know it's they're thinking about that up in Ames about how do we do this, correct? Maintain. I mean, you still want some separation because Matt's a private guy. Um, Matt doesn't like press. He, he doesn't. He's not right. I mean, and answering the same question over and over again isn't healthy either. And but he gets annoyed. You there, can tell. <laughs> like you can just he doesn't hide that well. There's there is something to being able to connect with your fan base, even when you're winning. People want you to win first and foremost. Okay, that's point number one. We saw with the basketball season this year. If you're not winning, you can be the nicest person ever and connect with the fans. It doesn't matter. You still got to win. But it does help to make some more connections. And Iowa's an interesting state because, you know, it is pretty much 50-50 now. Mm -hmm. And so there are some of those fringe folks that will go one way or the other. And I think is if you keep con connecting, especially with the, the younger ages, yes, those are going to be your your students, your alumni, but also potentially your football recruits going forward too. Mm -hmm. You know that that if it's a Good 50 point. 50 deal, yeah. I grew up an Iowa State fan. Maybe I'll go the Iowa State way instead. All right, last but not least here, Bloom. Uh, well done, right there. You know that stuff about as well as anybody. It, it's just for reference. For reference, of course. For reference. Um, what in the hell's wrong with golf? <laughs> What a great! Are you, are you talking about the memorial today? Great competition. Who do you people think you are? You golf, you snobby golf guys. No, okay. Here's the deal. So, I love. You know, I like to play golf. We used to play golf together all the time. I watch PGA. I'm not. I don't yeah, hate. I don't. You're not, hate. A, you're not a golf elitist like you won't. Well, <laughs> or, or what's the not whatever. Yeah, it's like you refuse to watch golf. No, I I enjoy it. I actually, I really do enjoy it. My grandmother, uh, my grandma Jean. Uh, was about as big of a golf fan as you'll ever. I mean, she was Golf Channel twenty four hours a day on yep. the TV. Like, so I I have a lot of fond memories of watching golf. Um, this this John Smoltz story from the Principal Charity Classic. I I can't get over it. Yeah. It, so I I I come at this with admitted bias. He's one of my favorite Braves of all time. I'm a big Braves fan. So, like, I thought it was really cool that he was playing in the Principal Charity Classic. Not only that, and I think that you could attest to this, like, that he's good. He's good. Like, this is a guy who was a professional baseball player for damn near two decades, yep. and he, he just is like, oh, I'm going to be a pro golfer now. And he's really good. Yeah, he's never going to probably be one of the top 50% guys on the senior tour, but he's But the, he's he still belongs. one of the best of yeah, the – Yeah, he belongs. Yeah. I mean, he, he, more, he shot <laughs> even par – on so, Friday. So what happened here one over. locally um, for, for folks, yeah. the Principal Charity Classic here in Des Moines? And I wasn't there. It's a nice like, event. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. actually used to go out there all the time prior yeah. to kids. It was one of my favorite events of the year back when Scott Fuller was doing marketing for sure. it. Sure. Yep. Um, so Smoltz shoots even. Yep. And, again, I wasn't there, but I talked to a lot of people who were Smoltz is signing like hundreds of autographs. He's probably the <laughs> Daly, John Daly, Fred Couples, and then probably Smoltz, most popular people there. Yeah, maybe in the event's history even. Yeah, I mean, it, I was, mean, it was a good, it Ernie was a good Ells. field. Ernie Els, but I would say Smoltz is probably more popular than Ernie Els from the general fans. I think Smoltz is – okay. Daly is more well-known than Smoltz. I'm just saying, like, I in think couple, general. And I think Couples is right there with Smoltz. Okay, yeah. yeah but anyway, we can argue about yeah, that. Yeah, but Freddie with golf people, like, Smoltz, uh, like, yeah. he right. 
transcends I'm a that. Golf, I'm a golf person. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. I, Freddie's one of the most popular guys in history. Um, he He's signing, like, hundreds of autographs yeah. after his round, and, and by all means is being very gracious with his time and allegedly forgets to sign his scorecard. Yeah. And they kick his ass out of the tournament. Disqualified. It's a known rule. I, I understand it's a known rule. My point is it's a stupid rule in 2021. Every shot he hit was televised. Like, th- this is this is dumb. Like, I, I understand in 1980 the scorecard thing. Yeah, I understand in golf, like, you are responsible for your own score. I get all that. I grew up playing golf. Yep. Played golf in high school. Oh. I understand it all. It's really stupid to kick his ass out of the tournament. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is one where my <laughs> my golf traditionalist meets modern realism, and I go, "Come on, what are we doing?" Like, okay, that's I know, good. I, I it, and I understand. Like, it, it's that's been the way, and he knows that. He's very much aware. I'm, that I'm he sure needs that to sign his I'm sure he knew. Like that know. is his fault, and only his fault. I'm sure he was gracious. You know, like I. But with Shotlink, where they track every shot electronically. It's not a mystery what he shot. Like, we got to get over this. Of You need to sign a paper Why will they card. not embrace this technology and, it's, like, just be like... Oh yeah, it's like, yeah, if you need to balance your checkbook, you need to do it manually. No, it's on my <laughs> banking statement. I can see I it. I still fight with my wife about I that. She's like, right did there. you write down that check? I well, one, I don't write checks anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Now, there are some events, okay, that even, like, on the lower tours and just general, like, a high school competition... There's not somebody there monitoring all your shots. And so you can't cheat and sign the wrong scorecard or do something like that. But at that level, okay, I'm pretty sure every shot is tracked at, at the Champions Tour, too. And, again, if – like, I don't, I don't know the rule. Does he get, like, 20 minutes? Like, what's the time frame here? Could somebody have came out and said, hey, John. Yeah. Let's, or, or can his caddy – like, can somebody do it? Well, it just seems like it's old-fashioned. You see, like, um, you know, when you watch the majors – on TV, like when Phil won a couple yeah, weeks ago, they, and they, go they, right into the- they follow in there. Him and Kepka are standing there, and they yep. they sign it, and then yep, and, and it's it. Way. Like one, what the hell happened? Yeah, what like yeah, why, it could be his own fault. Yeah, but two, um, I'm just like, what's the, why what's couldn't the point? like one of the official? Hey, John. Right. Hey John, you forgot this. I know that you're busy. You're 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 all these fans that paid to come watch you, and they didn't care about the actual golfers that were here. They were yeah. following you or, around all day. You're you're making them happy, and they're going to come back tomorrow and spend more money at our event. Does Does Matt Campbell have to go to the Jacobson Building to sign off on the score when it's done? Like we know what the score was. Like this is my thing. It's like yeah, I get that it's the rule, but we can track this officially and know what his his tally was. We don't. This is and that uh. golf has done a better job of trying to modernize where you I mean, the usga's done really well you could yeah where you don't yeah. have to have the flag out anymore like some yeah. of this old stuff is like i got yeah i, I get it where you're trying to inc- make it more i'm a big fan relatable. of the usga uh, but, they, they're they're trying but some of the stuff where Th- this is the stuff that turns guys like me away i though. get it and then you know you, where it happens every year where uh, people won't report a penalty or their self-report or it's two strokes and they sign the wrong number and it's just it's a gentleman's game. Like I, I, I appreciate the tr- tradition of it, but at the same time, stuff like this, it's like why couldn't they just like give him a stroke or two penalty? Or I mean, yeah, like I, why did you have to well, kick the, him out? 
And that's why people have been DQ before if you sign the wrong scorecard. This apparently was he just didn't sign a yeah, scorecard. Yeah, that was my point weird. to the guys coming at me on Twitter. It's not like he tried to like, cheat. No. He if he did that, kick him out. Right. But, like, I mean, this was an honest mistake I, from – and it, it's not like he, he was like, okay, I'm done and was at the bar. He was with <laughs> fans who paid to I, go and support the event for charity. I would love to know – For charity. The 20 minutes, what happened there. Like, did somebody – because there's some PGA Tour personnel had to eventually say, all right, yeah, time's up. That's time. it. You're out of here. Out. Ah, frustrating. And then the weird weird weekend for golf with the John Rahm situation as well. Did I didn't see that? that. No, I've I've been unplugged. I was down in Clarendon well, all weekend. just quickly, Rahm has a six-shot lead after Saturday. Um, had not been vaccinated. Oh, Somebody God. he was cl- in close contact with came down with COVID. He'd been tested negative three times. His fourth test between rounds on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon came back positive when he was on the 15th hole. They waited till he got done, approached him on the 18th green in front of everybody and said, John, you're positive. You have to withdraw. Six-shot lead. What a one going away. Lost roughly $1.2 million because he had to withdraw. So if he would have been vaccinated, they wouldn't have tested him? They would not have tested him. Why would you not just just get vaccinated, John Rob? He had gotten his first dose. Oh, so he once was a, once he yeah. found out he was in close contact with somebody oh. that like the the Monday of the tournament. So his own fault. So he does have COVID. He has COVID. Yeah, same thing happened to my wife where she got the first dose and then yeah, ended up getting. COVID. I remember that. Yeah, but uh, that that it didn't cost my wife one point two million dollars. It sure cost John Rom. God. And so now he's in in protocol in the tour. For 12 days, which leads up to the Wednesday before the U.S. Open, so he has no time to, and to it's, practice. It's odd too, because like, but all he needed was it, the vaccine. Doesn't it seem like those COVID, like, oh, you can't, are just so in the past, but then one of them happens on that stage, and it's like, oh, this is still a thing. It's still, yeah, it's still around, and you know, wow. I he'll he'll be fine. I mean, he's a guy, he's young and in shape, and all that good stuff. But it it literally cost him. Brent, a million dollars. I swear, I don't hate golf. I've been getting a lot of people. Th- no, I know you been, do, but we, it's, it's. We've been making fun of um, Brooks Kepka and DeChambeau a lot on the show. <laughs> Their little pinch fight that they got I, going on. I think but, of that, of that one is is having a good time with it, and the other is taking it too seriously. And that's Kepka. Kepka knows what he's doing. Oh, he's tweaking him. Yeah. And Kepka's your classic bro. Like he, knows. I like Kepka. Yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of Kepka's. Deshambo's a, a kind of a loser. He's a nerd. Uh, all right, I think that that is it. So I am out of town next weekend, but we'll find time to do a podcast of some sort. So that was fun. That was. Uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully a lot of people between now and next weekend can get tickets. To yeah. That game. So again, the the high level people go on sale this week, and then. The, it'll it'll kind of flow down from there, and and so again, when it's your time, I would if you want tickets, I would get on those as soon as you can because they're going to go fast. All right, uh, thank you for your contributions as always, Bloom. We thank our presenting sponsor, Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. Uh, they've been with us almost an entire year yeah, now. We year. really appreciate it. Here's some English on the way out. Have a great week, uh, your first full week of June, everybody.